special edition of the Gentleman's Brotherhood. As you can see, this is not my usual location. I'm not in my studio with the perfect lighting and the perfect audio. You can hear the rumble. We are traveling. I'm traveling with some friends out to Tennessee from Florida. Uh, we're going to uh, be engaging in part of uh, some special events of one of the fraternities that we belong to. So we were very excited. And we decided, oh, you know what would be cool? If we have some of these conversations that we've been having for the past three hours, could we record one of these conversations and maybe get a an interesting perspective between or among the three, the four of us. So today we're going to be talking about having a supportive partner, a supportive spouse. You see four dudes going across a couple of states for four days requires dispensation from the authorities. <laughs> it is important that your partner is on board, right? And it supports you. So we wanted to explore a little bit of that. And we invite you over to take a seat, buckle up, here is a supportive partner on the Gentleman's Brotherhood. And today, we start with the introductions. My brother, Rolando. How are you guys doing? And then here we have Justin. Hello. And our Capitan, Patrick. Hello, hello. So obviously, each one of us has enough flexibility with our significant others to come on this trip. But we know that not everybody has an opportunity to spend time with their friends traveling around. So I, I wanted to to gauge a little bit first what the situation is with uh, with each one of us. Okay, we're, we're going to start with Rolando, which is easier to, to showcase here. Rolando. Yes. So um, happily married. Uh, it's been 18, possibly 19, and if everything, if I return, once I return, <laughs> it will be 19 years of marriage. Uh, we share two wonderful children, two boys, uh, which one of them is uh, special needs, the other one is neurotypical, but it's a happy family. Nice. Nice. And obviously, you have uh, a comfortable relationship where you can say, hey, I'm considering going out with the guys to to Tennessee. How do you feel about that? Can you give us a little insight into how that conversation uh, comes about? It has to do with uh, not so much mental health, but I guess marriage health. Uh, and, and the reason why I say that is because you need to understand that uh, sometimes we can suffocate each other where we are constantly uh, together doing the same things, you know, the hustle and bust of everyday activity, dealing with the children. Uh, sometimes it's great to get away and to partake in different adventures um, with friends and whatnot or family. And it, uh, it uh, the same way that I'm having my opportunity to decompress, uh, she's allowed to do the same. Nice. Or not allow. I don't think allowed is the word, but uh, <laughs> we'll she, that in post. Yes, <laughs> but she definitely partakes on her own adventures as well. No, you see, that's that's good. And, and very, do you feel comfortable bringing up these kinds of uh, requests at, at, after 19 years? Do you do you feel it's as difficult? Is it easier? Was it never difficult? How, how would you say that that relates to? Whatever you have to bring up, the potential 
uh, escapade with your friends? Well, number one, I don't think it's uh, request based. Uh, I don't think I have to ask permission. Neither do I believe that my wife have to ask permission to do anything that she wants to do in life. Uh, the reality is that we have ideas and we share each other's idea and we have conversations and we figure them out. And that's the reality of what true teamwork looks like. Uh, I have 19 years under my belt to uh, definitely say that having a uh, no-nonsense, you know, 100% true conversation and to listen to each other rather than reply just because, well, you said this, well, I'm going to say this, yeah. uh, that it's doesn't help. Yeah, it, it's not the tit for tat, it's more of a being considerate. Correct. And it, earlier in one of our conversations, Patrick was talking about the fact that it, it you are contributing to, to the and I've used this analogy before, contributing to that account. So you're making the deposit and you're you're making it easier for her to go in and spend time with her friends. You are perhaps encouraging her to spend time doing some of the things that she likes. And it, it becomes equitable whenever it's time for you to, to make a decision that, oh, I, I would love to do this. I would love to be part of this experience. Does it impact her negatively? How... How does it fit into the whole family schedule? Uh, so, Patrick, what would you say is the dynamic between you and your lady when it comes to that whole depositing into that goodwill bank, if you will? Um, do you do you see it like that? If if you do, have you always seen it that way? Yeah, that, I mean that's a really great question because um, me and my wife have been my wife and I have been married 25 years. We've got three kids. Um, I'm married to the most supportive woman I've ever known in my life who wants nothing but the best for my happiness. It's reciprocal. It's the same the other way around. But I tell the story that, you know, I supported my wife. She uh, was raising the kids full-time job and going for a master's degree. It took her nine years to get her master's degree. So I helped with the kids, the house, the cooking, the cleaning, just everything that's involved in a marriage and raising a family. So when I joined the organization, she told me, well, I gave you nine, you gave me nine years, I'm going to give you nine years. I don't think she understood the ramifications of saying that she gave me nine years to do what I'm doing. But yeah, it, it, it's always been that way. I feel you have to be absolutely considerate of your partner 100% of the time. We all have our bad days where you may not be my favorite person, I may not be your favorite person, but in the end, we still have each other's best interest at heart. So that depositing, right, of, of equity into the bank is almost second nature when you have a great partnership and you have both people looking out for the best interest of the other person. Nice. Now, it's almost guaranteed that someone, at least one person who listens to this, is going to think, well, that, that sounds so cold and transactional it, it, to, to look at it as, oh, I'm depositing time so that I can then withdraw it at, a, at another time. What would you say to someone who perhaps initial reaction is, is that? Well, that's a very rudimentary way to put it, the depositing of time, but it's factual. It really is. But it's not like, you know, we have an account of, okay, you, you did this for me for this long, so I'm going to do this for you for this long. It's just it's just wanting the best for the other person, right? So my wife has takes a girl's trip two or three times a year with her girls and everything else. She's considered that she asks me, can I go? Yeah. But she does not expect that answer for me to say, yes, you can go. No, you can go. She knows she can go. 
I know I can go. So it's not really a depositing of time. We don't keep tabs on it, but we know that we're considerate of each other and we, we, we want each other to explore our lives and what we want to do. And we're just not going to put restrictions on that. Very beautifully put. And, and I can, I can think about the, having that entire attitude of, it's not a tit for tad that I'm doing this only to the measure in which you've done it for me. So keeping tabs like that would be, it's somewhat, I don't know how to describe it, but it's contractual. Yeah. It, it, it seems, it doesn't seem like a relationship. It seems no. like a, a negotiation of sorts. And, and I think we confuse that with what is actually happening. It's not contractual. It's not tit for tat. It's called commitment. When we're committed to each other, uh, there is no time limitation or expiration. And what happens is that we get our heads wrapped around too many titles or too many uh, occurrences or, or situations instead of actually being supportive and understand that uh, in order for me to be a better version of myself, I need your support throughout the duration of my journey. And then the rewards of that journey is at the end, once you feel that you have fulfilled uh, your quest, whichever that may be. And at the same time, like Patrick says, you repay it because it's not tit for tat, it's, it's commitment. And I want to show you that the same way that you were unconditionally patient with me and supportive and, and lovable, I want to do the same to you as well. But you can only share or have that specific uh, time with a person that knows how much you are worth. Because what happens is that if a relationship is one-sided, it's not marriage. It's more like an arrangement. Yeah. Wow. This program is made possible in part by the Gentleman's Brotherhood Store, featuring an exclusive line of apparel designed to not only look good, but to spread a most needed message. We invite you to look at our growing collection and support our brotherhood through your purchase. For details, go to thegentlemansbrotherhood.com. I, I can definitely see how it's almost like a forced interaction. Now, I'm curious, uh, Justin, you... Justin is a young man who, of course, is not married uh, at the moment, but you have your own experiences with uh, with your your partner, and you also have the... the the foresight where you have access to, you know, men like Patrick and Rolando that are married and they have a very supportive uh, relationship. But have you seen in your friends or relatives any kind of opposite dynamic? Have you been able to see that, oh, I used to be able to hang out with these friends and as soon as they got married, it was almost like now they were imprisoned and, and couldn't hang out uh, with the guys anymore. Can you share any any insights into that? Um, well, I don't have a lot of experience, obviously, since I'm I'm only 22, so I don't have a lot of friends who are married. Uh, but I've had experiences of people getting in relationships that I'm good friends with, and then um, 
I never see him again. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I, in high school, not that long ago, I mean, four years ago that I graduated. Um, yeah, I had a good friend of mine who, as soon as he got into a relationship, we used to play games together and we used to hang out and eat food together and stuff. And I never saw him again after that. And, um, but yeah, yeah, I've definitely had that experience. Would you would you say that his needs to you know spend time with you as a friend and, ha and still enjoy those experiences of like maybe going out and eating, going playing some uh, some games or anything like that? Do you think that stopped? Or do you think that he had to put that on a back burner or just shove it in a closet mm. completely? Yeah, that's a good question. I think from his perspective, um, because we were so young at the time, I think having a relationship for him at the time was such a new concept that he wanted to essentially pour his entire time into it because he thought it was like a fleeting, like, you know, he was worried about not having a relationship now that he had one. Yeah, he could disappear um, at any moment exactly. if he didn't do the right thing. Exactly. So he wanted to just spend as much time, if not all his time, uh, on the relationship or with that person um, rather than with his friends that we've known him for a long time. So it was much less that he was... Um, uh, what did you just say? You, you just said... You described it in a way that... We just said something. When I... Um, that he was... Like in prison? Yes. It was kind of much less that he was in prison, more that he was afraid of losing now what he had now Especially like a relationship. Yeah. Like that's something that like it pulls on your heartstrings. Mm. You have this yep. feeling that you're getting that nobody else gets you and like yep. you don't want to lose that. Yep, exactly. Ah. You kind of, well, he, he thought, I know he thought at the time that he had found the, the one, one at the time. Yeah. And then, you know, it took less than a year and it was over. That's, that's so interesting. I, I've been in that situation, and I was having a conversation recently with a with a neighbor, uh, where I was telling them, telling him, I remember one of those early relationships I had when when I was in in high school and like the first couple of years in college, and I thought, well, I have to plan the rest of my life around this one person, and there are many things, of course, that I've learned and. One of them that I that comes to light with your description of your friend's um, experience is the, the setting of boundaries. Like we can agree that spending time with your friends or even let's say not not even your friends. Let's say you you have a hobby where you love, you know, I don't know, uh, hiking and she hates hiking. But that's important to you. It was a part of your life, uh, part of all your life. And you would like for that to continue to, to happen. When you're building a relationship, setting some of those boundaries, saying, listen, this is really important to me. And I know that you have things that are important. Let's let's have a compromise. There, there has to be some sort of um, amicable agreement where, yeah, I'm going to give you room for you to do the things that are important to you. And I'm expecting the same. Um, but the, that's, that's what I think that he lost at the time was that he thought that essentially... Uh, he had to do everything around based on the relationship that he had when he forgot that he had been our friends, my friend group, for longer than he knew her. So, you know, it's like he gave up, you know, the, the relationship that he had longer with us for the first thing. And it, you said that they're no longer together, right? No, no. Now, were you able to recover any of that old 
connection that you had with him? Or by that time, had you moved further in a path that separated you too much? Yeah, we had connected um, for a short time after that. Um, but uh, it never recovered fully, no. Yeah. No. Not like it was, no. We, we were like best friends before, and then it, it just never never came back, yeah. That's, yeah. that's very, you know, it's, it's unfortunate, but like there's an episode that I did about curating friendships where, where we talk about the, the fact that there are friendships that are there for, uh, for a season, for a reason or for life and being able to identify and appreciate like what kind of, what kind of French friendship that is. Like there's some friends that I really miss, but I have to recognize that there were friends for a season. Yes. But you know, that actually brings up a different uh, topic or, or, or a different direction of this topic, which, uh, number one, traditionally, right? What is the background? What is your culture? And the reason why I say that is because I know that we have uh, specific individuals or specific uh, families that are focused that you need to start a family as soon as you graduate high school. Others, yeah. uh, families are, oh, you need to go to college and don't even think about a partner until you get your bachelor's degree or, or an equivalent. Um, you have plenty of time to, to make a family on your own. So you have a different play on, on uh, culture in your own personal home as well, specifically with your parents. And then you got to look at your parents' status, right? Uh, are they still married? Did they split up? Look what happened to me and mom. You know, we were in different planes at different times. And that plays, that plays a huge uh, uh, list of items or, or degree of difficulty uh, in your personal life in the future and the way that you want to uh, create your own family. Yeah, because there are these external expectations that for whether it's for the, the sake of the family or the culture you want to do good about. What about the families that are betrothed? That are what? Betrothed, you know, where you're 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 not allowed to choose your partner. It's already been chosen for you. Oh, yeah. That, that's, that's, you know? that's, that's definitely a, a more complicated thing. Uh, we're fortunate, of course, that in our culture we, we don't have to to do that. By the way, you hit me over the head with that word, and I was like, "Whoa, what? <laughs> right, is, what do we say? What?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, but it's interesting. And the thing is that you know, it's all about culture. It's all about yeah. uh, what you want to uh, get out of life, right? And then at the same time, you know, you know what you're expecting. Well, the question is, are you willing to do the same for the other person? I, I love that. That's so, that's the that's the question that you need. That's the answer that you need to answer before you move forward. Because that will determine if that person that you're considering is a worthy person to share the rest of your life with. That's that's beautiful, Be- beautifully said. I, of course, this is a conversation that could go on for for a long time, and there are many nuances to it. We see that there is a lot of variables that affect whether a um, a couple can have that kind of amicable agreement that oh. There's this much flexibility for you to do the things that you like, to spend time with the people that you like, and that takes work. It takes commitment, and like you said, if if an individual is in a place in his life where uh, he is not ready to make that kind of commitment, he needs to be clear about that. Well, this is not the moment for me to um, 
to settle down. Perhaps he needs a little bit more time uh, and, and finish college or whatever it is that he decides to do. But having that he that that he or she having mm-hmm. that foresight of oh, I'm not at that place yet, gentlemen. I really appreciate the this conversation. We'll revisit it later on a little bit uh, more profoundly. But hopefully you listening or watching that you found something interesting. Let's not let this conversation die here. Please make sure to set in in the comment section. What do you think is something a man can do in order to establish that healthy balance in in terms of spending time with friends, family, uh, a loved one or things like that? So let us know in the comments and don't forget to uh, subscribe to this podcast and support it however you can which by the way thank you to all our supporters on patreon that make this happen make this possible and until next time i wish you courage and courtesy